Edgestone Properties is a leading home builder in southern New Hampshire. With over 33 years' experience, Edgestone offers highly valued residential homes, including first-time buyer, luxury move-up, and senior community opportunities. Edgestone also offers well-located rental apartments, including active adult communities. Visit us at edgestoneproperties.com or call us at 603-889-5208 to learn more. You can also like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter. That's 603-889-5208. Next up, you'll be listening to United Way Community Connections with Mike Affelberg. United Way Community Connections. United Way Community Connections broadcasts every Monday morning from 9 to 10 a.m. right here on WSMN. In United Way Community Connections, you will be introduced to leaders from all of the great nonprofits in Greater Nashua, from caring for our children to our seniors, from helping our homeless pets to our at-risk vets, from learning the skills to get your GED, to dealing with trauma and substance abuse. Community Connections is the place to learn with Mike Affelberg about what's going on. Learn how you can help and make a difference from the experts. So sit back, grab a cup of coffee, and enjoy the show, which is making a difference in Greater Nashua. Here's your host, Mike Affelberg. And good Monday morning. Welcome to the United Way Community Connections show. I'm your host, Mike Affelberg. We are here each and every Monday morning from 9 to 10 a.m. talking about the nonprofits that serve our community. Um couple of things we like to make sure that people understand about the nonprofits. First of all, what do they do? Uh, how do they make a difference? And how can you get connected? You know, nonprofits are, um, to some extent, I like to think of our nonprofits as the uh, heart and soul of Greater Nashua. These are some of the organizations that are really uh, at the safety net, that are helping our vets, that are helping our, our kids, that are helping our elderly and are helping our pets, you know, we even got the Humane Society. So nonprofits serve so many different purposes in Greater Nashua. And, uh, you know, one of the things that they do is they also rely a great deal on your volunteerism and also your generous donations. So sometimes you think, where can I get involved? Which organizations need my help? And and uh, where, do, where can I make the biggest difference? And that's one of the reasons why you might want to listen to this show as well, just to understand what they do, what their mission is. We are, as I said, live here each and every Monday morning from 9 to 10 a.m. We're on WSMN 1590 a.m. And we're also on the FM station, WLMW 90.7 FM. That's up in Manchester. So from Lowell to Manchester, from pretty much Milford-ish to, uh, I think the signal carries out that far, depending upon your receiver, out to Salem. This is our, our territory. So please feel free to listen in. By the way, our show is live. We're live on Facebook, but we're also, um, you know, just live in general. So if you want to send a message during the show, you can, I've got my handy dandy cell phone here. You can text message me at 603-943-9434. You can also send us a message by Facebook or Twitter to United Way GN. That's United Way GN, and we'll be sure to get your question or comment over the air. So a couple things I want to mention about today's show. We're going to have just in just a few minutes a special guest, friend of mine who's been on the show before, Mark Stokes. Mark's is the Director of Development for the Partnership for Successful Living. Many people know the Partnership for Successful Living as Harbor Homes. It's actually much bigger than that. It includes also Keystone Hall and, and uh, the Southern New Hampshire HIV AIDS Task Force and a number of other no- nonprofit organizations. So Mark's going to be talking with us about the Safe Stations program and some stuff they have coming up there for events and fundraising and how that's just going in general. After that, we're going to take a break and then we'll be back with the caregivers. The caregivers are an organization that works with um, low-income elderly homebound individuals to help with food security, get them uh, um, you know, food, and uh, also to help out with mobility issues. So that's a great organization. We're going to learn a little bit more about the caregivers. 
And then we'll round out the hour with a special guest who's not been on the show before for a full interview. I think she was on for a special segment last year, but a full interview with uh, the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society. So pretty wide variety of different nonprofit discussions today. Um, we hope you enjoy them and listen in and, and, and tune into the show. A couple things I just just did want to mention before we get to Mark. Um, so first of all, personal stuff. You know, I always like to say, what did, what did you do this weekend? I don't know, but I know what I did. What I did this weekend is I watched the Patriots give the Chargers some kind of a thumping. Now, I'm a West Coast guy. Everybody knows that, but I am not a Chargers fan. I'm not a Southern Californian, and there is a big difference. Anytime you want to learn about the difference between a Southern California and Northern California, just ask me, and I'll tell you. We're kind of snobs in the North. Um, for me, California kind of cuts off at Santa Barbara. Everything south of Santa Barbara is not California. It's just some other place. Um, the Chargers certainly fit into that category, whether they're from L.A. or San Diego. It doesn't really matter to me. I don't care. So I'm not a big fan. I'm not a fan of the Rams either. So it was okay for me that, that the Patriots gave them the thumping. Now, if it had been the Niners, um, it would have been a different story. But that's going to take a different year, perhaps a different decade. I'm not really sure. I'm kind of depressed about that these days. Uh, what I did want to mention just briefly is I had a, some I had several individuals actually call me last week. I was surprised um, to hear from them, in retrospect, I'm not surprised. People are starting to get um, hit and affected by the government shutdown. And, um, you know, the question that, that the questions that I got were from people, one of whom is, a, for example, a woman who works for the Internal Revenue Service um, over in um, one of our neighboring towns. Let's say one of our neighboring towns just to keep it an, sort of anonymous. And she um, received her check and her check said zero. And she said, what do I do? I've got to pay my utilities. I've got to pay my rent. I've got to buy groceries. What do I do? Where do I go? How can I get some assistance here? Um, and, um, you know, I didn't have an actually a great answer for her because most of the assistance, most of the social services supports in our community are generally geared towards sort of longer term types of needs. You know, people who, um, you know, run into trouble and become, you know, for example, homeless and, and need supports there. Um, some of the programs that are out there take a while to sign up for, um, you know, fuel assistance and WIC and that kind of thing. Sometimes there's some bureaucracy. This is a very short-term need that people haven't planned on. One thing I did find out about, I have some friends in some in the utilities world, and, uh, you know, if you're with Eversource or you're with uh, Liberty Utilities or one of the other regulated utilities, this is specifically regulated utilities, you know, each of our regulated utilities is required to provide some sort of payment plans as an option to their customers. So, you know, for example, if you are getting your, uh, you know, your uh, electrical juice um, from Eversource, you can uh, contact their billing department and work something out with them. And each person will have a different situation, work something out with them to get some sort of a payment plan. And my under my understanding, I don't think I'm wrong, but my understanding is that that's not going to be something that comes with, you know, onerous interest rates or anything like that. It's just to work something out in the short term and that they will work with you. And that can help a lot so that you don't have to you know, worry about, do I actually buy food this week instead of paying my utility bill or for, do I not pay the rent or something like that? So utilities are something where you probably can get some assistance. Um, obviously there are lots of other needs, but that's one thing I wanted to share with the, with the uh, audience. 
A uh, couple things coming up in our world. We have a blizzard blast coming up on the 23rd. That is, uh, wow, that's a week from Saturday. So that's the weekend between the uh, AFC-NFC championships and the Super Bowl. We're having our blizzard blast. That's a that's about a four-mile run through Mine Falls Park that includes 26 obstacles. It's kind of like a Tough mutter. I keep saying it's a Tough mutter in the snow. I'm kind of hoping there is snow. At this point, I'm looking outside, seeing a whole lot of cold and not a whole lot of white stuff. So we're, we'll see what it is. But in any case, we're going to do it whether it's raining or sunny, whether there's snow or not snow. It's going to be a fantastic event. Uh, we already have almost 400 people signed up. There's still plenty of space. If you're interested in that, go to blizzardblastrun.com, www.blizzardblastrun.com, and learn about the United Way Blizzard Blast this this uh, coming January 23rd. Please uh, take a look, and if you want to participate, sign up. We also have some room for volunteers. A couple other things. Just this week, Thursday, we have um, every couple of weeks we have a meeting of the mayor's opioid task force that's a that's a uh, task force that mayor donch has put in place just shortly after he was uh, uh became mayor a couple months ago a couple months ago almost two years well two years ago almost over two years ago i want to say so the mayor's opioid task force is a group of nonprofits and service providers who are working to put programs in place and systems in place that will help to fight the opioid and addiction crisis that we have in our community. One of those programs happens to be Safe Station, so I wanted to use this as a segue to introduce our, our first guest, uh, Mark, and we're going to talk a little bit about you know what the opioid crisis is looking like these days and also how the Safe Stations program is working in an upcoming event that they have over at the Partnership for Successful Living, which uh, really runs the uh, Safe Stations program. So, Mark, I would like to say welcome to our show. Well, thank you for having me. It's great to be here this morning, especially after the uh, outcome on the football field yesterday afternoon. Well, I'm not. <laughs> yeah, I don't. Th- I think a lot of people are going to be saying things like that today. They're just uh, sad and depressed, and yeah, that's all right. It happens. Like I, <laughs> I, I feel very little empathy, having endured the better part of a decade in in, in misery. So, <laughs> anyway, so tell us about uh, what you have coming up. Um, I think you have a breakfast, a fundraiser for safe stations that we wanted to let the community know about. Yes, we do. Uh, this will be the third uh, annual uh, first responders breakfast. Uh, originally started out literally as a pancake breakfast that the firefighters were serving over at uh, Welcoming Light at our 45 High Street facility. Last year, we moved it to the Marriott, and we honored uh, retiring Chief Gallipo, and we had 300 people show up, and we grossed around $71,000. So it was uh, almost quadrupled the income. And this year, our goal is $100,000 net. That's fantastic. Uh, yeah. Uh, and it's really, it's really, really needed. Um, the Safe Stations program uh, is showing great um, progress in the uh, opioid crisis. Uh, we've decreased uh, overdose deaths by almost 30%. And it's incredibly expensive to run and maintain, and uh, there's very there's not there's some funding out there, but uh, we literally run a deficit even with funding. So this is crucial, crucial time for the partnership and the Safe Stations program. Yeah, one of the things I always tell people about Safe Stations is this is sort of a uniquely uniquely um, you know sort of New Hampshire kind of an initiative where you know we saw the problem. The mayor said, come on, guys, let's step up and do something here. 
group of partners came together, including Harbor Homes and the partnership, and just got it done. And you know, got it done without any funding. And and on the on basically on the uh, bet that you know let's fix let's fix the problem and the funding we'll figure that out later. But right now we need to deal with uh, people who are dying in our in our community. Yeah, we've had over 2,500 visits in the two-plus years that uh, Safe Stations has been uh, open. And uh, you just can't say enough about the community response between the police, the fire, uh, the city of Nashua uh, in general, and Harbor Homes and the programs that uh, we use to uh, help the individuals uh, suffering from substance use disorder. It's an amazing, amazing effort by the community. So if somebody wanted to go um, get involved, go to this breakfast, this fundraiser as a way of supporting the uh, Safe Stations program, how would they, what would they go about, how would they go about that? Okay, there's multiple ways to uh, go about uh, becoming involved in Safe Stations. First, you can go to uh, nhpartnership.org, click on events, you'll see uh, Safe Station Breakfast come up and buy now. And when you click buy now, it will come up with all the different sponsorship opportunities from uh, and we're honoring Chris Stawas from AMR this year because without uh, them, um, the work they do behind the scenes and obviously they respond to all the calls as well. But tabulating the data and making sure that we are tracking in a positive direction in dealing with this crisis uh, is a, a an enormous amount of work. So we have numerous levels you'll see there. There's a, a $12,000 sponsorship for a director, which is a presenting sponsor. There's $5,000 for a paramedic. 3000 for an advanced EMT, 1500 for an EMT, and 750 for a first responder. And then there are advertising partners, 300 for a half page, 150 for a quarter page. And I'm going to um, throw another one out there today. I understand that not everyone can come to the event or necessarily afford to contribute at the high levels. If there's a business owner out there, a small business owner out there that would like to be a participant in this for $100, I'm going to do a credit, I mean, a business card size ad, and we're going to put those all in the Telegraph. That's fantastic. Really great. And for individuals, if they want to donate $25, I'm going to send them a beautiful safe sticker, safe station sticker they can put on the window in their car or at their home to show that they're a supporter. So if anyone has any questions about it, they can email me, Mark Stokes. That's m.stokes, S-T-O-K-E-S, at nhpartnership.org. Or you can phone me directly. My direct line is 603-816-2766. We need the entire community behind us. And I am telling you right now, if you do this and we make this goal, it's going to make such a difference in so many lives. Yeah, absolutely. Mark, so that was m.stokes at nhpartnership.org. Yep. Um, Or the phone number. Um, 603-816-2766 is my direct line. Okay, fantastic. Now, let's just say you're one of these people who's driving along in their car and you're actually obeying the law. You're not texting. You're you're actually um, not writing things down. Let's just say you're that person. Um, If you remember anything about this conversation, call the Partnership for Successful Living. Ask for Mark Stokes. Or if you forget even that, call United Way and ask for Mike or the guy. There's only one of us there, and I will connect you to Mark. Yep. There's one other thing I just want to mention if we have time. We which, have, um, yeah, we have another minute or so. Okay, so an interesting thing took place this weekend. I got an email from a colleague who'd been at a function over the weekend, and they said people were talking about Safe Station, but they were like, oh, Harbor Homes. 
They've got all kinds of money. They don't need this. Well, that's not true. Um, Harbor Homes has a lot of grant money that they have, but that grant money takes oversight and things that aren't even funded by the grant, so those grants end up costing us money out of pocket to begin with. And we have a very humble individual base of support. And so we're always looking for more people that want to support us, uh, and, and we're looking for volunteers. So if you want to volunteer, give us a call. There's all kinds of things to be done, and uh, we need all the help we can get. Well, one of the things people forget sometimes about grant funding, too, is that grant funding sometimes, or most of the time, is really very inflexible. So even if you receive, you, even if you receive a $10 million grant for, for uh, you know, sort of maybe, let's say, fighting veterans' homelessness in our community, well, that'll do great work in fighting veterans', veterans homelessness, but you can't use that money for safe stations. And that's really the nature of grants. So sometimes these programs, um, it might look like an organization has a ton of money, but um, it's only for specific things, and, and, and that's really important to remember. It's incredibly specific, and uh, there's a great deal of oversight. You get audited yearly on that, and yep. you cannot have anything out of place. Absolutely. So you heard it right here. Mark Stokes from the Partnership for Successful Living and the Harbor Home Safe Stations program. There's a breakfast coming up. Uh, Valentine's Day breakfast honoring Chris Stawas, our director of um, AMR, and there's uh, it's a fundraiser to help safe stations and to help fight the opioid crisis in our community. Mark, thank you for coming on our show. Thanks for having me. It's been fun. Absolutely, it always is. So we're going to take a short break now. Our show is brought to you by Edstone Properties. Edstone Properties is a fantastic builder in Greater Nashua, has been for many, many years, and is generous enough to bring our show to the air. After our break, we will be back with our first um, nonprofit visitors, and that is the caregivers, um, talking about some of the work that they do in our community. You're listening to the United Way Community Connection Show, and I'm your host, Mike Affelberg. Edgestone Properties is a leading home builder in southern New Hampshire. With over 33 years' experience, Edgestone offers highly valued residential homes, including first-time buyer, luxury move-up, and senior community opportunities. Edgestone also offers well-located rental apartments, including active adult communities. Visit us at edgestoneproperties.com or call us at 603-889-5208 to learn more. You can also like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter. That's 603-889-5208. Title Boxing Club is the best and only authentic full-body boxing workout that changes your body, clears your mind, and completely engages your spirit. Our signature workout utilizes the fundamentals of a true boxer's workout, including proper heavy bag training to strengthen and tone your arms, legs, back, core, stamina, and your confidence. Empowering, exhilarating, and totally addictive. This is your new favorite workout class. Visit them online at titleboxingclub.com or call 6032 That's 206-5608. And begin today. Since 1930, United Way of Greater Nashua has been your trusted partner to fight for the health, education, and financial stability of every person in every community. When a low-income child needs access to dental care or parents need quality after-school programs where their kids can learn and be safe, United Way is there. When a person with disabilities needs a supportive day program where they can thrive or a family loses its home and needs a place to regain financial stability, United Way is there. When a homebound senior needs food and supportive social connections or when it comes time to die with dignity, United Way is there. The programs supported by your United Way are the heart and soul of Greater Nashua. When you volunteer or donate to United Way, you lift up the community where you live and you work. 
As a highly regarded nonprofit with Charity Navigator and GuideStar, you can be sure that your donations will be used for the work of making Greater Nashua stronger, smarter, and safer. Learn more and connect with us at unitedwaynashua.org. It's flu season, and this nasty bug affects thousands of Americans each year. American Medical Response wants to give you some safety tips so you can avoid the flu. The best thing to do is get a flu shot now. Wash your hands thoroughly and regularly. Try not to touch your eyes, nose, and mouth. Avoid contact with other people who are sick. And if you do get the flu, drink plenty of water, rest, and avoid going out. Check out more safety tips at amr.net slash safety. AMR Medics are here for you every hour of every day. Well, good Monday morning and welcome to the United Way Community Connection Show. I'm your host, Mike Affelberg. We are here live each and every Monday morning on WSMN 1590 AM talking about the nonprofits in our community. Um, each week we try to interview two different nonprofits, talk about who they are, what they do, how they're making a difference in the lives of the people who live in our community, and how you can get connected and get involved. So today we have a Nonprofit that has not been on the show in quite a while. They, they're, um, but this is not their first time at the rodeo either. And it's the caregivers. The caregivers are an organization that serves uh, people who are typically low-income homebound seniors and helps them to get connected to food resources and also with some mobility and transportation issues. We have with us Eric Emerling and we also have James Wilkie. Uh, James Wilkie is the um, president, CEO of the caregivers. They'll probably correct me on the title. I believe Eric is the program director or uh, resource development director or something like that, and they're both going to correct me and give me their actual titles. So why don't we start with you, Eric? Welcome to the show. And what is your title, and what do you do at the Caregivers? <laughs> Thanks for having us, Mike. You're absolutely uh, welcome. I'm glad you guys are here this morning. Yeah. Um, I, I guess my title now is development manager. Development, development manager. So that manager. means chief bottle washer and mm -hmm. fundraiser. That's right. Yeah, the big fundraiser. Yes. Absolutely. Very good. So development manager. And James? Executive director. Executive director. That sounds good too. So you're the you're the boss guy. Yes. Um, which I, in my world means actually everybody tells me what to do, but maybe it's different in yours. I look at it more as the facilitator. The facilitator. I like that. That's really good. And so let's talk a little bit about the caregivers. I will say either of you can take this question. Doesn't really matter to me. But what is the basic mission of the caregivers, and what are the services that you provide in our community? Well, primarily we're looking to keep the elderly in their homes as long as we can with dignity. It's too often they're put into uh, situations where they have to move into a nursing home before they're ready to. Okay, so um, people who want to stay in their homes who would otherwise um, you know, have to uh, you know, go into a nursing home or something like that. And so what are the services that you guys provide that help a person to, uh, to, to stay at their home and, and to be connected to services? We do several things. One, okay. one is we have food deliveries twice a month. We, okay. We call up those individuals and we say, this is what we have in our inventory. What do you need this month? Uh, just to help them out so that they uh, don't have to sit there and wonder, are we going to buy prescriptions or are we going to buy food? We also give them rides to doctor's appointments. Uh, they can call us up and let us know, or we have an online portal. They can say, I have a doctor's appointment. Uh, with this doctor on this date, it's a two-hour round trip. We have volunteers that then go out and look at that, sign up to take that individual to that doctor's appointment. Some individuals will take to the grocery store so they can do their own shopping because maybe they don't have transportation. 
we also like to call up people and say, hey, it's your birthday this month, and somebody remembered you, meaning we did. And we're going to tell them happy birthday, bring them some cookies, just let them know they're not forgotten. Well, I think that that's sometimes so important. I know that we've talked um, also in the past with uh, the Meals on Wheels organization and some of some of what they've said as well, which kind of reflects what you're saying is, you know, being socially connected um, to, you know, to a human being is, you know, food is important, but food for the soul is sometimes actually more important. Um, you know, you need both to live, but you, sometimes we neglect the uh, to, to, to think about how, just how important that social connectedness is. People to have a tendency to then become shut in and depressed and who knows what. And the frail and elderly in our community uh, really suffer from this at times. Oh, I agree. Yeah, I think the loneliness and isolation that these people fight um, I know the research shows that that contributes more to medical issues than than malnutrition might as well. Because yeah, it's a, yeah. And you just you know I don't know if you get. I know these folks will get caught up in the idea that uh, well losing your independence has got to be a very difficult thing as you grow old. It's not something that we you give up easily, and and it's hard for folks to decide or to recognize the fact that they're no longer able to do some things on their own, and they don't want to ask for help. Um, and here in uh, southern New Hampshire, we're pretty car-centric, and it would be very hard in some neighborhoods to get along without transportation, to get to the doctor, to get to the grocery store, or whatever. So Caregivers really provides um, an outlet for that companionship connection via our transportation services and our, our food delivery program. Well, you just said something which really hit a chord with me. I had a, um, a neighbor who has since passed away who um, ultimately did qualify for the program, but he was very proud, mm-hmm. as our ten is the tendency for human beings in general, but New Englanders in specific are have a certain kind of a sort of we can do it, pull ourselves up by the bootstraps kind of a mentality that who knows where that goes back to, but maybe it's because it's so cold every winter, I don't know. <laughs> but um, it took a while to talk him into the idea of accepting some help, and once he did, he it made all the difference for him. You guys were able to really, you know, it wasn't just about the food. He needed the food supports, but he really needed the companionship. He had lost his spouse and just perhaps didn't even realize how lonely he was and how much of a toll that was taking on his life. Mm-hmm. So it's funny it, yeah. to get into that. There's I remember a woman named um, Jean who was in Nashua back when we started our food delivery program in 2008, and uh, she called up called me up and, and for a ride and then one day um she had scheduled a ride to the grocery store and said uh oh, she called me back and said eric I, I i don't need to go to the grocery store now because i just don't have the money to pay for the food and it like flabbergasted me and i said well there's got to be a way we can help you get some food and she said no all those organizations and agencies out there those are for people that really need the help i don't so we convinced her after several calls to be one of our charter members of our current cupboard food program and we right. we telephone the people and we go over what we've got in our pantry and we create a list of necessary foods that they need that they're choosing not we're not handing it whatever what they want and then we bring it by at night with with them um, some volunteers well at the when it first started we had these carrying covered t-shirts that they wore when they came and she was in the apartment complex down here in downtown Nashville and she said Eric they can't wear those t-shirts anymore I don't want anybody to know that this stuff is being brought in and I said Gene well all your neighbors probably want to do the same thing that's true yeah so eventually she finally said you know you're, they're gonna wear the t-shirts and they're gonna come in and we're gonna get everybody in your building to be on our program and eventually she uh, she became one of our biggest uh, 
broadcasters to get us involved, and we did at one time feed everybody in her complex, and she was pretty happy about it. But the idea to get past this, that I don't, I don't need help, I don't want help, is very hard. And our, the way our program works is that our volunteers are... Uh, so when they're delivering the food, it's kind of like it's their, uh, they're thanking the clients for giving them the opportunity to help. So sometimes we tell the clients, it's like, can you really give me a, do me a favor? I've got a family. They want to bring some food. Can, can you let them come by? And they say, oh, okay, all right. And it works out really nice because we kind of match people that um, would like to help to people that need the help. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Connection. Absolutely. So what are some of the ways in which a person might actually um, support your organization. You mentioned volunteers. Mm-hmm. Obviously, every organization that I know of needs volunteers and needs also financial support from the community. Um, what are some of the ways in which people can get involved in supporting the caregivers in your mission to help the uh, the elderly? Volunteers are always the biggest need. There's there's definitely a, a financial need, um, and that that's where Eric plays a huge role in our organization, working with different partners to come up with funds and. We have various fundraisers throughout the year to pull in funds. Um, but the volunteer, if, if it comes Thursday night and we have deliveries going out and we don't have enough people to take those deliveries, um, it, it's a big scramble. It's, it's pulling everybody on deck. Uh, bring your cars tomorrow because we're going to have to take out Friday morning whatever we couldn't deliver Thursday night. And these people really depend on this food. And one of our biggest successes is when we get up on Friday morning known we had enough volunteers maybe the night before and that these 180 families that were on that particular delivery got food last night we can sit back and say hey we pulled it off we did it again now let's go on to the next two weeks yeah you know, when the next one comes yeah the, the cool thing about our organization is that you can volunteer at a number of different levels we have some people that they don't leave their house and they donate several hours a month to our program simply by calling our clients and coming up with a food list of things they need. And we also have people that will, uh, all they do is, I mean, all, I mean, they enjoy doing it, but they, sure. they have uh, relationships with people that they call and we call it a, uh, a friendly phone call and they make that phone call a couple times a month. They become friends or maybe sometimes they even get up out of their chair and they go visit them. So, so you can call from your house. Um, you can also uh, transport people to and from doctor's appointments and we have a, uh, if you're a volunteer with us, you can get a software package on your computer and you can select um the person or the times that are available. So we have a lot of people that will, uh, you know, they drop off their kids at school and then they run out and they bring uh, Gertrude to have her teeth cleaned and they're back in time to pick up the kids from school. So that works out great. Or you can come to our organization, um, our facility, and help us pack the groceries, inventory the groceries, and you can deliver them. So there's quite a few things you can do as a volunteer. Yeah, I did find on your website while we were talking, you have a lot of volunteer opportunities, also events and opportunities and just ways to get connected to you guys right on the website. Um, I found it just by Googling um, the Caregivers New Hampshire, and it came right up. But if you're looking for the website itself, you can go to caregiversnh.org, and all of this information is listed there. And if you forget any of that, then just call Mike at United Way and, like ask for the guy and I'll like connect you to this. Sometimes people just, I heard that thing on the radio. What was that? And they don't remember, but um, really incredible work. Now, do you guys have any events coming up that might um, be interesting to people in the community who want to get involved on a fundraising kind of a perspective? Well, one thing in the spring, I think, uh, I don't know if we call it fundraising, but in the spring, there's going to be some people in the Nashua area that will be uh, receiving something in the mail asking to take part in a, uh, 
the food drive that will take place in April. Um, and we have a... Uh, so I see something in your website yeah. that caught my eye um, because I'm sort of addicted to chocolate. You have something called the Chocolate Lover's Fantasy. Now, what in the world is the Chocolate Lover's Fantasy, and how do I? How can I get some of that? How can I help you out there? Well, in, in the summertime, typically in the summertime in the past, we've taken a room over at the Radisson in Manchester, and we have several vendors come in, and they set up their, their booze, and they're basically marketing their chocolate. But you're paying a, a fee as a fundraiser. Uh, to come in the door and you get to walk around all these different booths and and uh, sample their chocolate um, in addition to that there's been private uh, silent auctions you know a 50 50 raffle uh, different ways for us to raise money uh, for the organization to help purchase food and services for these seniors so i would buy a ticket and then i can come eat chocolate until my eyes explode and my and my and i have some sort of intestinal disease breakout yeah yeah you could even some people even grab into their purses and knapsacks for afterwards too yeah. you know i you've given me an idea of what i'm going to do when i come to the chocolate lover so keep me on the list i will promote the heck out of that but only to people who are not going to steal all the chocolate from the booth i want to go to that sounds great so you guys are part of catholic charities is that right you're yes. um, organizationally so you you have a like the mothership is Catholic Charities, yes, and they help support yeah. you. Well, yeah, they help support us in an administrative capacity. Sure, okay. Um, we're still responsible to uh, pay our own bills and raise the funds. But, so, kind of a program, a program organization of Catholic Charities. Yes, yes. Okay. So that the cool thing with that now, we just came into came uh, got related to them uh, in December. Good. Um, and now we have. Uh, at our disposal, a lot of support that we wouldn't normally have in terms of making our, our web pages look pretty and graphic kind of thing. And then also administratively, the their, uh, the bean counters, as I like to call them, will audit yeah. our funds and make sure that uh, that we're doing everything up correctly and apropos and uh, making the most of, of the money that we do raise. Well, I think that's fantastic. You know, there are a lot of, uh, you know, we do a lot of fiscal agency work at United Way, kind of like the Catholic Charities Organization mm -hmm. is doing with, with you guys. And one of the things I always tell people is, you know, we have plenty of nonprofits. We don't need more nonprofits, like officially need more nonprofits, but we definitely have a need for the work that our nonprofits do. Mm -hmm. So find a fiscal home, find somebody who'll do your backend admin stuff and maybe provide some other resources, like you say, for website or marketing or whatever that is, maybe grant writing, who knows what they, what they might have to offer. And um, then you can focus on doing your job and getting it done. That, that's that's exactly why they, uh, <laughs> Absolutely. Why we came into that kind of partnership. Yeah, exactly. Yes. Why. And, and also if, uh, we get our footing and we make uh, make do. They they share in our vision, so we can grow right. and uh, prosper in ways that we want to, and probably in ways that we wouldn't be able to if we weren't if we were just a our small little mom and pop that run by ourselves. And it probably helps also, I'd imagine, because they run the food bank, so yes. there's a good connection there as well. Yes, yes. absolutely. And uh, th there's opportunities for us with the food bank too, and just in in space that they have that we can right. maybe cut down some of our head by utilizing some of their space yeah that's so. great that's great anyway that organizations get mm -hmm. i kind of look at it like you know if you can save a dollar um on something which is really not necessary then that's a dollar that a donor can make to you that's going to make a bigger impact in terms of the client that they're really trying to help you know that's important so our relationship with catholic charities allows us to do our job better fantastic yes 
So guys, we're just about out of time here. I want to make sure if there's any other hot and burning issues you want to get on, get out on the airwaves um, before we cut out. I can only say volunteer, volunteer, volunteer. I would say <laughs> that's a great thing, volunteer. And if you can't volunteer, then feel bad about it. And feel bad about it enough that you send a check. That's right. <laughs> Send it to Eric's attention at the caregivers. He'll, he'll be sure to cash that for you. This is the caregivers, caregiversnh.org. That's right. Thank you guys so much. We've been, talk, we've been talking with James Wilkie and Eric Emerling from the caregivers, one of the nonprofits that serves our community, helps our elderly and frail homebound individuals um, to stay connected and to stay well-fed and also to get out into the community and, and live healthy lives. So thank you for your work. Um, we're going to take another short break, and after the break, we'll be joined by our next guest. Our next guest is Gabrielle Grimaldi. Gabrielle is with the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society. I have such a hard time saying that. It's like a tongue twister for me, but she's with the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society, and we'll be talking about the great work that they do, and that'll take us to the top of the hour. You're listening to the United Way Community Connection Show. I am your host, Mike Affelberg, and we will be back um, in just a minute or two. Hi, this is Tony Joyce from Joyce Cooling and Heating. Now that winter is here, hopefully your heating system is working. Did you know that a 30-year-old heating system can waste up to 50% of its energy? Don't you think it's time to upgrade your system to a new high-efficiency Lennox, Mitsubishi, or Renai? Starting in January, you may qualify for these energy rebates of up to $1,500. These rebates are available for a limited time, so don't wait. Call Joyce Cooling and Heating at 882-4244 or on the web at JoyceCool.com. Edgestone Properties is a leading home builder in southern New Hampshire. With over 33 years' experience, Edgestone offers highly valued residential homes, including first-time buyer, luxury move-up, and senior community opportunities. Edgestone also offers well-located rental apartments, including active adult communities. Visit us at edgestoneproperties.com or call us at 603-889-5208 to learn more. You can also like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter. That's 603-889-5208. Since 1930, United Way of Greater Nashua has been your trusted partner to fight for the health, education, and financial stability of every person in every community. When a low-income child needs access to dental care or parents need quality after-school programs where their kids can learn and be safe, United Way is there. When a person with disabilities needs a supportive day program where they can thrive or a family loses its home and needs a place to regain financial stability, United Way is there. When a homebound senior needs food and supportive social connections or when it comes time to die with dignity, United Way is there. The programs supported by your United Way are the heart and soul of Greater Nashua. When you volunteer or donate to United Way, you lift up the community where you live and you work. As a highly regarded nonprofit with Charity Navigator and GuideStar, you can be sure that your donations will be used for the work of making Greater Nashua stronger, smarter, and safer. Learn more and connect with us at unitedwaynashua.org. The Village Network was created for only one reason, to keep those 62 and older in their home as long as possible, ideally for the rest of their life. The Village Network is the answer for children who do not live nearby and worry about their parents being able to remain independently and safely at home. The Village Network has a network of trusted providers and volunteers who provide transportation, home repair, home-delivered meals, grocery shopping, and others who are there to help when you need them. We can even find someone to walk your dog. The Village Network does not charge thousands of dollars of upfront costs for services you may never need. With the Village Network, you only pay for services when you need them. Become a member of the Village Network today by calling 603 891 
603-891-0008. That's 603-891-0008. The Village Network. Become a member today. Well, good Monday morning. You are listening to the United Way Community Connection Show. I'm your host, Mike Affelberg. We are here each and every Monday morning from 9 to 10 a.m. talking with the nonprofits in our community about the work they do, how they make Greater Nashua stronger, smarter, safer, and healthier. Um, each week we interview two different nonprofits. We just spoke with our friends from the caregivers, and now we're speaking with an organization which has not been on our show before, and that is the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society. I'm very proud of myself for having said that without like stumbling all over my tongue. Um, but the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society serves our community in a way which is different than other organizations, um, dealing with a very specific kind of a health issue. We have with us Maggie Lynch, who is a campaign manager, and Gabrielle Grimaldi, who is a campaign specialist. Um, both of those titles mean that they're in the fundraising business, but we also want to talk about what, what the organization does and how it's making a difference in our community. So I'm not sure who wants to take the first question, but we'll probably turn it over to Maggie and see. Um, Maggie, maybe you can describe a little bit about what is the Leukemia Lymphoma Society? What sort of work do you do? How are you making a difference? Yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you for having us. We greatly appreciate it. It is my pleasure. Um, our mission is pretty simple. The Leukemia Lymphoma Society, also known as LLS, for people that do get tongue-tied over it, uh, we're here to cure leukemia, lymphoma, Hodgkin's disease, and myeloma, and improve the quality of life of our patients and their families. Uh, we have 59 chapters nationwide, also in Canada and Puerto Rico. Um, and, and what we do is we are trying to help anybody that is currently or in remission with a blood cancer. Um, there are currently 1.3 million people in the United States that are currently in treatment or in remission from a blood cancer. So... The local organization here is you serve New England or New Hampshire or we what is are, your regional? We are physically located in Wellesley, Massachusetts, but we serve Massachusetts, Maine, and New Hampshire. Okay, so if you were going to find out, if somebody was going to connect with you, first of all, find out more about, um, you know, where are you located and how can I get involved? Absolutely. I'm just doing this while people, while you guys are talking, but what I was able to find is if you go to lls.org, and then you look under chapters, you can look for the zip code and put in your zip code. And I'm betting you guys are going to come right up. Huh? Absolutely. But you can also, as a shortcut, you could do lls.org backslash MA. Uh, that's even easier. Yes. I like that. <laughs> I like that. Although I know that people in New Hampshire don't like to do anything that has MA at the end of it. That's just We're, a bias. We are aware. Unfortunately, there's no fun way to narrate our three states <laughs> yeah i get it and people just got to get over themselves you know what i mean that's, that's too bad you know um so so let's see how long has the leukemia and lymphoma society been around trying since to... 1949 wow so 70 years that's quite that's quite a while yes it is and um what any idea on the history and what actually was the starting the what started the organization uh it was a family a family had a, a son that was diagnosed with leukemia and they wanted to do something um back then survival rates were unfortunately extremely low low and now uh leukemia in pediatric patients is actually up to a 96 percent survival rate 
That's fantastic. Now, I did find on your website also, if you're specific to Nashua, there is actually, um, because this is a show which really talks more about Greater Nashua than anything yeah. else, there is actually a blood cancer support group in Nashua. Yep, there is. We have two actually in New Hampshire. We have one in Nashua and one in Concord. Um, so they're once a month. Um, our next one coming up is going to be on January 14th. The one in Concord is at the Payson Center for Cancer Care. And then the one in Nashua is going to be at the Southern New Hampshire Medical Center. Um, so these are free services to patients, caregivers, their family members. Um, and that also ties into another um, special program that we have, which is providing patients with free um, resources and cancer information about their specific diagnosis. Um, and this also helps tie in with uh, different ways to help financially um, bring them together peer-to-peer -peer so maybe they can have a mentor who has a similar diagnosis and these services are all free as well um, and for anyone that does need those services we do have a direct phone number um, we have 1-800-955-4572 and again that's a free service um, they can uh, translate into many different languages as well so we try to break down those barriers so I see you can register right online and the mm -hmm. next meeting of the Nashua support group is from 5 to 7 p.m. it meets the second Monday of every month at Southern New Hampshire Medical Center um, right down on Prospect Street here in Nashua that's great mm -hmm. um, so what are some of the ways in which a person who um, wants to get involved in supporting the mission of LLS. Um, what are the, some of the ways that they can get, get involved? Besides just, you know, the easy, you know, write a check and send it in. Of course, we all love that, and that's great. But people also like to give their, um, you know, sort, sort of their, their work and their labor to volunteering for organizations. Definitely. So we like to do this in a fun way um, so that we have many different fundraisers and events that you can participate in that get you involved, get you in the community. And it's not just writing a check behind a closed door. You're actually there interacting with patients, families or doing a fundraiser that you're passionate about. Um, so we have a lot of different ways to get involved. One specifically that I do want to bring up because it's brand new to us is called Students of the Year. This is a fundraising competition for high school students um, to really learn leadership and different um, types of skills with fundraising to um, potentially get a, the winner will get a scholarship, um, a small scholarship, but it's really teaching those leadership skills. So we are actually doing it in New Hampshire for the first time, which is super exciting. So um, that's going to take place from April to May. It's about seven weeks. And so a fun way to get involved with that is that a teacher or a parent or some kind of school staff member can nominate a high school student um, to run for this and they can create a team and fundraise together. So that's something new we're doing in New Hampshire that we're excited to kick off. That sounds great. It sounds like a lot of fun. And so, and something that might appeal to some of the students who are involved with like honor societies mm -hmm. might, might be appealing, uh, you know, like honor high school honor society general, like there's the general one, but there's also, mm -hmm. you know, the math honor society, the French honor society, the music yep. honor society. Uh, it, like Gabby said, it's a great leadership opportunity. Um, it can 
we'll teach them how to go to a company and ask for a sponsorship and really get skills that are going to ent- eventually help them in their careers later on in life on yeah. how to run a meeting talk to others in a professional manner and lead a team because they're going to ask other people to be on their team and help them get their get to their goal that they set for themselves. So it's it's a really impressive one, and our Massachusetts campaign actually kicks off on Thursday. Yeah, it doesn't really matter whether you're – I'm a firm believer that, you know, these skills that we learn – are transferable, and it doesn't really matter whether you learn them. Uh, if you learn about fundraising, making a fundraising pitch for a nonprofit, that also ultimately translates into sales and Absolutely. and um, you know persuasion and relationships in whatever life might bring you. So absolutely, that's great. Um, so at events like that, we can we always can use volunteers if somebody would like to come and physically help at the event, and whether it's check people in at registration, pass things out that we need to do. Um, we have a walk that happens in October in Nashua. Um, we're solidifying the date right now just because, you know, we're a little far out. But right. um, it's happened for the past 16 years. It usually happens at Greeley Park, and it's it's a great event. It's called Light the Night, um, and it's bringing light to the darkness of cancer. Um, so we ask people to come and volunteer with us, come and participate with us, Um and everybody carries a lantern. They signify different things. White is for survivors. Gold is in remembrance of a lost loved one. And red is for supporters. And we all light our lanterns at specific times during our ceremony. And then we all walk together down Main Street. That's so fantastic. It's really, it's really special to see. Um, and as somebody, I, I personally carry a gold lantern. But it's really great to see every year that we're going to get more and more white lanterns. Just don't do it on Friday, September 20th. Can you guys remember that? We will not be doing it on a Friday <laughs> night. We can promise that. <laughs> That's good because that's when we have our sleep out at the community college. And September is so packed with events. Mm-hmm. I remember last year, the weekend we had our sleep out, there were like three other walks that weekend. Something for, I think there was something for cancer. There was something for suicide. There was, I think the water walk was that weekend. It mm-hmm. just gets jam packed in September. The, the fall is a great time for events. That's And plus, with yeah. New England weather, you never know. We unfortunately couldn't right. have had our late the night last year because it was the weekend of the Nor'easter. So we ended up having to cancel, unfortunately. You canceled the event because of a Nor'easter? It it was at night <laughs> and it was it was extremely cold and we have to keep um, our patients yeah, in first and it's yeah, really not great yeah. to have them out there. Um, but well, I keep threatening my board <laughs> that we should do our sleep out in the middle of winter so that so people would actually, <laughs> you know what, it shouldn't be a nice, comfortable, isn't this great to sleep out in the elements. It should be like harsh and horrible. But I haven't gotten any buy-in yet to that. <laughs> we, If it was just rain, we we still would have had it. It's unfortunately with the, the winds got up a little too high for us <laughs> for it to feel comfortable and safe for our participants absolutely so what what are ways in which well the first thing you mentioned the uh sort of fundraising training for a high school student Mm -hmm. contest how would somebody learn about that to get involved with that of course so you can visit our website again at lls.org slash ma Um, we have different um tabs that will bring you to the person in charge and so we can send more information and on the generic website lls.org there's a separate tab as well at the top it says students of the year and you can get a little bit more information very good that sounds fantastic what else should somebody know who wants to get involved maybe somebody let's take the other side of the equation somebody who could potentially benefit from some of the services offered from absolutely from the lls um one thing that we wanted to make sure that we brought up today because we know how 
community-based New Hampshire is, um, we are actually one of the only national nonprofits that are still giving financial assistance directly to our patients. So one thing that we do is we actually give copay assistance. And when you're healthy and you have to pay $20, $30 out of pocket for your copays, once, twice a year, you don't really think about it, but our patients that have to go see a specialist every other week and they're paying $70, $80, maybe $90 out of their pocket, it adds up a lot. Um, and last year, we actually just got the numbers to us the other day. Uh, last year in New Hampshire, we were able to help 159 patients, and we were able to give over $363,000 in copay assistance directly to New Hampshire residents. That's fantastic and makes such a big difference. You know, if somebody is in a financial, financially difficult situation and they have to decide, you know, you, it's really not optional not to not to make your copay and not to do your medical exactly. stuff. So what do you, what's going to go? And maybe I won't. Maybe I'll forego food or clothing or, mm-hmm. or or delay my rent payment or something like that. So important. That's really great to know. Absolutely. How does somebody apply for that type of assistance? They call our IRC, which is our Information Resource Center, which is the number that Gabby gave earlier. Um, and they're there to help you with anything. If you need more information um, about your specific diagnosis, if one thing that's really great about our um, IRC, we're also a clinical trial hub. So if your treatment for your specific type of cancer isn't in the area that you live, we can match you with a clinical trial that might be able to help you in another place in the country. So we're there to make sure that you're getting the best um, care that works for you. We won't give medical advice, but we'll at least provide you with the information and advise you to take it back with you and your um, medical team to make the best decision for yourself. That's good to know. I can imagine that with you know so much medical research and met so many medical facilities in New England that there are a lot of clinical trials that people could there potentially qualify for mm-hmm. and probably have no idea about. Probably mm-hmm. their doctors mm-hmm. don't even know. Mm-hmm. So they can call us and we'll give them the information if your specific diagnosis, your age, you fit into this one. Um, we do, Like I said, we do not give medical advice. We are not medical professionals, but we will give you the information to work with your medical team on it. Thank you for that, Maggie. That's really that's really great advice and really really good to know. I had no idea about that, to be honest. Yeah, we a lot of people don't realize that we give um, financial assistance for copays. We also give a five hundred travel grant. Um, so we gave out three of those in New Hampshire last year. So we gave out fifteen hundred, and then locally we have another other medical expenses through our chapter as well. And we gave over seventy five hundred to New Hampshire residents last year. So we're really here to help as much as we can. We have the three support groups. We often like to say we're one of the best kept secrets and we don't want to be. Right. <laughs> right. Um, we also do a ton in research, which is really amazing. Um, last year, we're trying to figure out the exact uh, quote of it, but when before our Christmas break, there was 19 new FDA approval drugs for blood cancers and we touched 16 out of the 19. So we're really, we're in the forefront of the fight, and we want to be with them every step of the way, from diagnosis with the information to making sure they're getting the best treatment they can. And if they need any financial assistance or support, we're there. Well, guess what that music in the background means. (laughs) Gabrielle, Maggie, it has been my pleasure and honor having you on our show talking about the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society. More information can be found online at lls.org front slash MA. And if you forget all of that, just call Mike at United Way. Ask for the guy, and I'll connect you to the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society. It has been a pleasure having you on. Thank you for the fantastic work that you do in our community. 
Thanks, Mike. Thank you. We appreciate it. Absolutely. So you've been listening to the United Way Community Connection Show on WSMN 1590 AM. We are here each and every Monday morning from 9 to 10 AM talking about the nonprofits in our community. Next week, we will be on um, again at 9 AM on Monday with NAMI of New Hampshire. That's the uh, National Association for Mental Illness for New Hampshire. And a program of Catholic Charities called Our Place. And we'll be learning a little bit more about that as well. Next up is the Village Network with Suzanne Kaperniak. Until we talk again next week, please remember to be kind to one another because great things really do happen when we live united. You're listening to 1590 WSMN Nashua. USA Radio News with Chris Barnes. The sound of snow shovels.